So welcome to the Givology Impact Series podcast. My name is Alina Du, and with me here today is Isha Moore and Sarang Joshi of Kinspire, who through the use of technology is dedicated to provide students with a mentorship that allows them to explore new career opportunities and advance their educational pursuits all over the world. How are you guys today? Pretty good. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, so we can get started with our first question. Um, would you guys mind telling us the backstory and history of how Kinspire came to be and what your mission is today? Sure, uh, I can start that one off. So uh, Kinspire was founded in 2014 by two sisters, uh, Kavya and Somia Magam. Um, they were basically um, looking for a way to give back to their community uh, back home in India. Uh, and they uh, found that uh, children in orphanages, specifically in India, uh, were continuously basically overlooked by um, society, by the government, by just about everybody. Um, and they felt that without a support system, you know, without the family that um, the non-orphans or the rest of the uh, society enjoys, they would often get left behind, not get opportunities, and not get the education to pursue the dreams that they want to pursue. And so. Uh, Kavya and Somia decided to um, found Kinspire uh, with the idea that you know you wanted to use modern technology to support the educational aspirations of these children back in India, um, drive the enthusiasm and engagement from the U.S., but give them the opportunity to pursue what they want to pursue in India. Um, so it started, you know, uh, now almost nine years ago now. And it's grown a lot since then. Uh, we have branches across the country. We have a national board. And we've been working with uh, more than three or four orphanages and continue to expand uh, to this day. Yeah, that's an amazing cause, really. And so can you elaborate more on like the need for education for children in these underprivileged areas? Yeah, I can I can speak to that speak to that a little bit. Um, I actually was born and raised in India until I was the age of 10 and then I moved to America um, and while I was there I attended a private school um, a private Catholic school and there um, there was some resources available because it's private it's funded it has the fees and whatnot but some of my friends who attended more of the public schools uh, the resources just were not there or available for them to take advantage of and so they were only being taught what or they were only learning what the teachers were teaching them in a sense um, and some of the books that were allocated for them. And when I came here to America, um, the opportunities were just so much more um, expanded because you had books, but not just books, you had technology, you had so many professionals who were invested in sort of helping you learn like counselors and along with teachers and um, superintendents and such to help you sort of grow as a student. And those same, uh, those same resources weren't always, aren't always available to, students in India. And that, um, especially if you're a student in an under underprivileged setting and you attend a school that's also very heavily underfunded, um, when your resources are, resources are taken away from you, it actually puts you in a cyclical system where uh, you stay in um, an underprivileged sort of environment because you can't seem to find a way to uh, find opportunities outside of your um, society or community to grow and kind of help bring yourself out of it. And so education is is um, uh, not a it's a bridge to helping a student from uh, I don't want to keep saying the underprivileged students, but uh, from a dis disadvantaged 
uh, disadvantaged um, stage to um, a place where they can actually achieve their goals and succeed on their own. Um, so that's why education is so important. And also because there's a lot of uh, children in India, uh, at least I think the number is around 20 million maybe, oh, wow. uh, who, who are um, orphaned or who don't have a guardian or parent parental support to help them uh, find their own like success in life. And so education in schools and um, childcare institutions or orphanages are a way to help them sort of come out of that um, limitation. Yeah, honestly, like, especially like after volunteering at Gribology, I realized the importance and impact that education can have and how life-changing it can be especially to like these children and other areas. And I just think it's like really amazing that y'all help them a lot. And then, so I saw on your website, it says that you work with childcare institutions such as the Sporty, forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, um, Foundation and the Grace Children's Home. Can you guys go a little bit in depth about the process with working with these partners and how they benefit the community? Definitely. So um, while we are excited to be able to connect with students in India from the U.S., um, none of this can happen without having you know uh, people on the ground in India supporting these children and giving them uh, resources to at least uh, take care of themselves and pursue the basic education. So our mission uh, from Conspire is to to find these childcare institutions. Um, which I'll, I'll talk about that term in just a minute, but to find these childcare institutions that take care of these children's basic needs, like providing them a home, a food, basic necessities like clothing, et cetera, and bring Kinspire in to try to uh, escalate and elevate their uh, educational aspirations, give them support, mentorship, stuff like that. So uh, we actually started out with an orphanage called Grace's Paradise Orphanage. Um, this is back in 2014, again, when the organization was founded. And along the way, we've expanded um, and, you know, our partners have changed through the years. Uh, today, we primarily work with Sfurti, which is uh, again, one of a, a fantastic organization and orphanage that's based in the South Indian area near Hyderabad. Um, they have an on-campus, they have a huge campus where they have uh, students uh, from first through 10th uh, grades. And they also are very, very well organized and provide funding for college education um, for you know the high achieving students. So we primarily work with uh, Sfurti um, along with Grace, Grace Children's Home. And we're also expanding uh, further uh, to other parts of India as well. Uh, one small note about the term childcare institution actually, uh, kind of going off of what Isha was mentioning earlier is that the, a, a big problem also in India, besides just um, orphan children, is there's a, a lot of children who don't have familial support at all, where the families or the parents either can't, don't have the financial ability to take care of them, or there is some hardship at home. And so a lot of children actually, while they do have living parents, are from broken homes. And these institutions yeah. have a, a, a wider mission so that they are not only supporting you know, officially orphaned children, but also children who may come from these disadvantaged um, backgrounds, which is why we use the term childcare institutions, because it's a more wide-reaching uh, impact that these um, organizations have. Yeah, that's really important that like these institutions not only take care of like child's needs and like as well as their education. Um, so 
I know you guys also have several programs in place as well, such as Conspire Scholars and Call Pals. Um, would you mind elaborating a little about each one and how they might impact the students? Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of our uh, newer, I'll start with Call Pals actually. So Call Pals we established around last year. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, is that correct? I think so. Um, yep. And and it was mainly uh, targeted towards sort of increasing uh, interaction between volunteers and students, as well as help students gain um, a better confidence in their conversational English skills. Um, and so when we started the program, we had this uh, four week cycle where one volunteer was paired up with a student from a childcare institution, and they would be given topics and a whole guideline to sort of talk through for about uh, 45 minutes to an hour every week. And after four weeks, the volunteer would report back to Conspire and sort of mention how, uh, whether or not the student has improved in, a, in their conversational skills. Uh, and if they have, what helped? And if they, if they hadn't, what could help them more um, to improve? And so that was one of the main like sort of goals and uh, founding ideas for the Call Pals program. Um, and it's still ongoing and it's a very popular program because it allows volunteers to have that connection with the students while also making sure they can um, they have enough time to commit because sometimes some of our other programs require um, a more intense commitment level just because that's just how the programs are structured and um, that's what the students might need as well for that program. And so the next program is the video tutoring program that we have. Um, and that one is where we have uh, volunteers who are sort of specialized in uh, teaching our curricula to students. So these volunteers generally tend to speak the regional language of the child care institution. So right now we're working with Sporthi. Uh, we have a volunteer who speaks Telugu because Sporthi is located in um, Andhra Pradesh, uh, which is um, a mainly Telugu speaking state. And so all the students there speak Telugu as well. So for the tutor to be, for the tutor to be able to converse with them, uh, we make sure that um, the, the tutor is confident in their uh, regional language speaking skills and that they can sort of convey the ideas presented in the curricula. Um, and the video tutoring happens about once every other week. And it's like a six month guide or a six month outline uh, through a curricula that we've created mm -hmm. um, that the tutors follow through and the, they monitor the students' uh, students' improvement and um, et cetera as well. And to go along with the video tutoring, actually we do have um, another aspect to that. It's a curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, curriculum sort of, uh, I guess you could call it a program. It's called the curriculum program. And that's where we have volunteers who come in and if they don't necessarily speak the language and they wanna provide a more, um, they want to commit more and give back more through Conspire, that's where they come in and they create uh, this sort of like guide that the, the tutors can then go through and teach those guides to the students. And these curricula revolve all around um, skills that can help improve their English, uh, skills that teach them leadership, skills that teach them professional um, professional habits and such, as well as like financial literacy and health. Um, those are just some examples for the health, uh, for the curriculum program that we have. Um, and then, sorry, feel free to chip in, by the way, because I could be missing some parts. Of no worries. I, I can just talk about the last, I guess, the newest addition to our program portfolio, which is the Conspire Scholars. Um, mm -hmm. So. This one is, a, again, one we're particularly excited about, um, where essentially we uh, went through a, a selection process for um, some of the high-achieving students from our partner 
partner or organizations. And mm -hmm. we're basically, uh, we set up a Kinspire Scholars Fund. So the idea is that we are going to be kind of providing them um, a more personalized and uh, kind of guided uh, support for their uh, higher education aspirations, along with uh, funding, uh, connections with uh, potential companies and employment opportunities, as well as direct mentoring and guidance through their through their education. Uh, so we're very excited about that. We had the just the first class of Conspire Scholars uh, start in the um, halfway through 2022. And uh, we're excited to see this program continue to, to blossom as we bring more and more Conspire Scholars under our wing. Yeah, that sounds actually really exciting. And all these programs seem like they really help and are um, like made for in achieving like a better education and like more opportunities for these students. So um, what do you think are some successes that Conspire has achieved that you guys are particularly proud of? So I think uh, definitely the, the scholars is a, is a very exciting point for us having the first class of mm -hmm. you know, yeah. fully funded um, students. I think it actually uh, an area that we haven't exactly touched on so far that I'm I'm uh, I like to talk about is mm -hmm. some of the events that Kinspire has put on. Yeah. Um, you know, along with our sort of long running programs, we do like to have one off events um, that showcase. Um, different aspects of our organization, give people an opportunity to interact with students or be involved in some way. Uh, one one that one excuse me one event that I particularly enjoyed was the innovation challenge, uh, which was held I, I, a few years ago. I think well maybe four or five years ago now. It's mm -hmm. been quite a while. Um, so this was held actually in in partnership with our uh, University of Washington branch, which actually Isha and I were both part of when we studied there. Um, mm -hmm. And so this was sort of like a 24-hour uh, quote-unquote hackathon, um, but instead of you know uh, coding or building an app, the idea was that we wanted to bring people from diverse backgrounds together to come up with really cool, interesting ideas for Conspire to take on to help the students that we, that we worked with. So it was sort of like an innovation challenge to think of new ways to connect, to inspire these children, provide support. Um, across all sorts of dimensions of life. So we had people who brought in technology solutions. We had um, some policy recommendations. We had some social work um, ideas. And it, it was really a fascinating and um, really uplifting uh, event for me personally um, mm -hmm. because we got to see a huge array of people come in and show that they're passionate about this cause and and come up with some great ideas. We had some very uh, distinguished professors and um people of note from the greater Seattle area come in and sort of judge these ideas and and give feedback and, and select a winner at the end of the day. And a lot of these ideas actually have um, been taken under the Conspire wing and we are currently in the process of incubating and, and applying some of them are already in uh, in effect and some are in the process of uh, continuing to be expanded in the, in the coming years. So that's one that I particularly like talking about, I guess. <laughs> and just one thing I wanted to mention, um, I guess one of my favorite moments, more or less in, in the sense of uh, since I've been volunteer for Conspire is when I started helping out with the Conspire Scholars uh, selection process and I got to meet a, a couple of very talented students um, just to see their passion and kind of see how dedicated they were to their education. Um, was very exciting, inspiring, inspiring for me because that's when I sort of um, saw the result of all the work that we were putting in um, and understanding that these students who were helping genuinely very much um, have the talent and the ambition and they deserve to succeed as much as anyone else. So um, we did a couple of video chats and interviews with them and uh, and their application submissions as well. It was just very eye-opening and um, exciting to see that the 
they were just as passionate as we all thought they would be. So that was a fun like highlight for me um, on Conspire. Yeah, I bet that would be that was like an amazing um, opportunity to be able to see some of the students like face to face, I guess, and to mm-hmm. actually realize mm-hmm. like the impact that you can have on them. Totally. totally. Yeah. And then, so were there any challenges that Conspire has faced both unex- unexpectedly or expectedly along the way? <laughs> oh, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll start with one, and of course, Isha, I'll, I'll let you add on as well. Um, I think probably the biggest one um, that's, I guess, something that we knew, you know, even like the founders, the Magam sisters knew, even when they started off, is um, the distance between the U.S. and India is going to be a problem, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. always going to be difficult, much more difficult working remotely compared to in person. Um, so I think the, the 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 way that it's manifested probably the most or had in the most hindrance um, has been with uh, access to uh, technology and the internet. Um, uh, there's been a lot of difficulty with getting these students and organization and orphanages or childcare institutions access to computers or technology that they'll be able to use to connect uh, with Conspire. Um, even when we have those te- those technological access, uh, the internet connection is often very spotty, very mm-hmm. uh, inconsistent, and uh, it's been a lot. We've spent months and months trying to get connected with some institutions, uh, only to find that it just isn't possible because of technological difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of uh, uh, kind of issues that come come along with that. Uh, luckily, though, uh, I, I will say that in the past maybe three or four years, things have definitely taken an upswing. Um, there's been somewhat of a technological revolution, I would say, in India, where mm-hmm. there's been a much greater access to um, the internet through cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more people have access to cheaper, but still just as powerful smartphones, um, internet through their mobile phone plan. And so we've been very lucky to overcome some of the challenges from our early years with um, these newfound resources uh, that you know that are coming up in, in India now. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, Isha, were you about to? Oh go? no, I was just—he totally stole the stole my answer. I think that's <laughs> one of the biggest, yeah, biggest challenges we face. I think one other, um, not really a challenge, but sort of interesting, um, uh, like a limitation that we've had to navigate is the language barrier. Because um, even though English is popular in a lot of like the more bigger cities in India um, and a lot of smaller towns as well as like uh, childcare institutions, a lot of students don't necessarily speak English. So mm-hmm. having volunteers who are American and not fully comfortable in some of the regional languages sometimes um, can reduce the number of opportunities they can have to give back. Um, but thankfully through uh, a lot of the English speaking uh, skills that we've been working on with the kids as well as sort of targeting more older students who have um, confidence in their English speaking skills, we're able to sort of expand um, our expand our volunteer base accordingly. So that's been an interesting thing to sort of navigate and see, um, because language is it's it's how we communicate since we can't be there in person. Um, yeah, yeah, I imagine there's a, a lot of like logistics such as like um, technology and like the language barrier, especially when it comes to like working with. Um, like children from a different country, especially mm-hmm. like one so far away. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, 
Is there like a specific individual that you might have met or like a specific moment that like has really resonated with you guys or had a lasting impact? There's definitely a, a, a few to, to select, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I think um, maybe Isha, I, I feel like would agree, is definitely <laughs> the most impactful moments are when we get to interact with the kids themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'd say maybe 70 to 80% of the time, the work that we do is, you know, either working on de de developing programs or working with volunteers. And only a small portion of the time are we actually directly interacting with volunteers ourselves. I'm oh, sorry, mm -hmm. with the kids ourselves, excuse me. And mm -hmm. but when those moments do do arise, they they can really sometimes just completely take your breath away. And it, it's just incredible to see how um, some of these students who have undergone some of the most difficult hardships and upbringing and all, they have all the reasons to be disillusioned and mm -hmm. not excited about life and education, and yet they continue to pursue their dreams and stay positive and and push for what they what they want. Um, when I was I visited India a few years ago, um, and I was able to visit one of the orphanages that uh, we had made initial contact with, and there there was so much overwhelming joy and love just to interact with these kids. And they were so excited to talk about things, just to talk about English, talk about what they're learning in school, talk about what they want to be when they grow up. Um, it, it, it's, it seems maybe very simple that just the kids are what inspiring the most, but they're the, it really takes you out of the, you know, the grueling nature of having to deal with these technological difficulties. And sometimes things can get, you know, kind of, uh, uh, dry about oh, we got to do fundraising we got to work on this got to work on that but at the end, at the end of the day when you have those few moments where you see the people that you're trying to help and you're trying to provide opportunities to uh mm -hmm. it, it really kind of changes your perspective on uh the how lucky i am in my own life and how mm -hmm. important it is for me to spend the time and try to give these kids who are so excited and passionate uh the the path to fulfilling those those dreams um completely agree yeah. 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 I mean, I just I just wanted to bring up this like one particular moment, like yeah. going along with everything Zaring said, um, every interaction with the students as well as the volunteers is very, very exciting and sort of motivating. Mm -hmm. Um, but this one just example that comes to my mind was when we we're in uh um interviewing some of the students for the Kinspire Scholars program, there was this one student who um was interested in pursuing law. And mm -hmm. the reason she wanted to pursue law was because a lot of her like um familial uh someone in her family or something had been uh taken advantage of and they couldn't um they were they a lawsuit had been put up against them and they were kind of um they just wanted to like muddy waters essentially and so her goal was to sort of become a lawyer to prevent that to happen to anyone around in her community mm -hmm. and just to sort of see that passion like how they can take their like sort of um hard circumstances or hard situations and turned out into something so beautiful and um is very inspiring and just exciting to know that you know these are talented ambitious kids who deserve the most so that was very very um eye-opening <laughs> like i said before yeah yeah i can only imagine how like um how these like touching stories can serve as like motivation to push you guys to keep um going even when like times are challenging mm -hmm. and so sorry, I uh, remember you said that you deal with mainly like the behind the scenes. So would you mind um, elaborating more about the development process or like the planning that goes into making these programs? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, 
as kind of is mentioned by our tagline, one of the big things that we are working on is you know, inspiring and connecting the volunteers in the U.S. with the students in India. So mm-hmm. a large part of our process, especially, um, is, you know, is obviously focused on what are the needs of the students that we're working with. So we spend a lot of time um, kind of going through what we call needs assessments, which basically are a holistic understanding of, okay, we reach out to the, orphan- the orphanages or child care institutions that we're working with and kind of get a sense of what is their greatest need? What is the thing that they're lacking the most? And what do these uh, leaders in these institutions who often have the best insight into the st- their students' uh, needs, what do they think is the best way that Kinspire can help? So that's kind of the, the seed that sort of plants the the, uh, the idea for the programs we follow. So starting with that kind of um, fundamental idea, we then uh, have a sort of a national board of directors that come together and, um, you know, try to bring those ideas into um, real programs that can contribute and help these kids. Uh, so the, the we have uh, a national board of directors, we have some branches that are uh, across the country in various uh, universities that essentially are a fundraising along as well as working on some of these programs. Um, uh, and the a big pillar, of course, as well is um, working using technology to to establish this connection and provide this inspiration. So we have some people who are des- designing and developing uh, educational modules that can be uh, you know installed on these kids' phones that they can use to access material um, and uh, get you know get inspired in in some in some ways. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, we also have events that are kind of uh, held periodically throughout the year, and we have dedicated event planning teams that sort of. Um, kind of carry it start to finish, focus on the fundraising, getting sponsors, um, filing for grants, you know, the other logistics that kind of come along with with those that day to day. So that's kind of the general structure. Um, we we do have a lot of uh, emphasis on uh, working in collaboration with other organizations. We believe that um, the greatest work gets done when it's done together. So, uh, for example, working with Gavology, um, working with other organizations in India, other organizations in the U.S., um, that's also a big part of uh, the things that we work on. Actually, maybe Isha can talk a bit more about that um, as she's um, kind of been spearheading our outreach efforts. Um, uh, Isha, I don't know if you want to add a couple of words about, about that aspect of Conspire's work. Um. I think you covered it, but yeah. So uh, through ex- uh, through the partnerships that we have, it's been very um, rewarding to see uh, how a lot of other similar organizations have uh, these missions to help other students in um, throughout India and other places worldwide. Um, and it's just sort of made that whole mission stronger um, and more um, wholesome in a way. Uh, maybe that's not the right word, but just more, um, I'll use wholesome for now because I, I don't want to keep getting caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's it's also very, very nice to see that uh, meet like-minded people and just as passionate people um, and spread uh, awareness about the cause and host events and um, increase the sort of presence that um, the sort of issue does need. So it's been a rewarding experience to say the least, yeah. Yeah, I bet it's like definitely um, like even through all the complicated like planning process behind it's like for a good cause at the end of the day. So everything is all worth it. Um, So what would you guys say like the future goals are for Conspire? That's a great question. Um, 
I can start off sparring and then you can you can jump in. Um, Go for it. Uh, but I think this is going to sort of change as we go through the years. But mm-hmm. uh, right now, I think we want to expand to as much as to as much of India as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely want to include um, more childcare institutions throughout the different states um, and help more children as needed, uh, and also become more um, more of like a career support for a lot of these students uh, to provide them with not just mentorship, but also resources and connections and networks to sort of help them really succeed in their in their career paths and sort of establish that foundation as like Conspire is known to sort of help these students force their own sort of um, career paths through the means of like having a solid career network um, all throughout India. So I think that's one of the things we're aiming for or um, we see our future headed towards. Yeah, I think, yeah, 100%. I think that expanding our presence in India is definitely like a top priority, as you should mention. I think the other aspect is, um, I think, broadening the scope of our impact. Uh, So, and that's kind of been a continuous part of our growth. Um, When Conspire was founded in 2014, the simple focus was teaching English to middle school and elementary school children, um, because uh, the founders felt that English is the key to a whole host of information, education, and opportunities. And so that was really the focal point at the time. But since that point, we've really expanded to a much wider um, area of, of focus where we have uh, professional skills. Again, I'll kind of repeat what Isha said earlier about professional skills, leadership. Um, we're expanding into health education, uh, financial literacy, other things like that. And mm-hmm. we really want to kind of continue to, to grow that um, and maybe even going to get more uh specialized and, and personalized attention in various aspects, for example, career-specific um, education, vocational training, um, a lot of the soft skills, as well as maybe some more kind of uh, uh, social and interact- uh, and interpersonal uh, skills. So I think that's that's going to be a, b- a big part of our uh, focus moving forward. Um, additionally, I think the uh, uh, thing that we really want to to emphasize is kind of in- increasing the, the awareness and glo- the reach of Conspire in the U.S. as well. Uh, you know, right now we have, as I mentioned, the national board and, and university branches, but I think making Conspire a more recognized name and a more uh, recognized entity, I suppose, in, t- in the overall nonprofit space, I think is a general goal uh, as we move forward and, and can you just scale up? Yeah, those are definitely um, really, I would say, doable goals for Conspire. And um I definitely believe that y'all will achieve all of them. Um, so we're actually on our last question for the day. So how can listeners get involved with Conspire? Um, lots of ways. So I'll start out with uh, the first initial thing that I can think of right now is donations. Um, we are always accepting donations for the Conspire Scholars Fund, which helps uh, pay for tuition for a lot of students who are pursuing higher education. And uh, one of the other fundraisers we also have is a technology fundraiser, which uh, is a fundraiser where we use all the funds to buy technology equipment for the students in India. And that could be uh, mobile phones or laptops or mm-hmm. paying for the internet bill and such, um, just to help sort of uh, bridge that gap between digital, um, between like uh, digital inequality uh, that some students face in India. And then, Sarah, did you want to talk about some of the volunteer opportunities? Yeah, definitely. So, um, as mentioned, we do have quite a few programs kind of in our portfolio that we are actively working on. And 
honestly, across the board, we're always looking for new volunteers to um, participate. Um, I know that there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, young people who are just as passionate as our other volunteers and uh, want to get involved. So uh, if you go to our website at kinspire.org, that's K-I-N-S-P-I-R-E.org, um, and click on the, the join button, there's a, a form you can fill out to kind of get involved and we'll reach out to you and find the program for you. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities from, uh, you know, talking to kids directly, um, working on fundraising, working on curriculum, uh, you know, uh, any and every anyone and everyone is always welcome to to participate and and help out because we're always uh, excited to have more people join the cause and there's always more to be done. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm sure all the listeners um will go check out the website. And so it's been amazing talking with you guys and learning a little bit more about Conspire. And I'm sure the listeners will agree with me too. And Again, please check out the Conspire website to see all the amazing events and um, the form that Sarang mentioned to join. And then, yeah. And then, so thank you so much, Isha and Sarang, for taking the time out of your day to talk about Conspire, um, your story, and your experiences. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited and we can't wait to um, further this partnership more. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a great evening. Thank you. Bye.